You're listening to the Word of Hope, sermons preached at Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints, there was an incredibly rich man whose house was broken into. The man was awake. In fact, he was even armed. But the thief who came right in through the front door, knocking it down, was stronger than the man. He grabbed him, tied him up, duct-taped his mouth shut, threw him in the closet, and proceeded to carry out all of his stuff. Not a bit was left. Now that's the text, that's the story that Jesus tells in the text today. And for our comfort. And we're a bit surprised in considering that the hero of this story is in fact the thief. But more on that in a bit. One of the indicators when I, uh, when I, uh, that I use when I listen to sermons, and you guys should know that listening to sermons is harder than preaching sermons, by the way. The, one of the indicators, though, that I use when I listen to sermons, to tell if the preacher is tuned in to the scriptures and to the gospel, or if they've been swept away, uh, even unintentionally, by the spirit of our age, is this question. Is the devil in the sermon? Does the preacher talk about Satan? and the demons. The devil is all over the Bible, especially in the pages of the New Testament. It seems like the demons are drawn to Jesus like June bugs are drawn to the porch lamp. They're they're just swarming around of him. And much of the work of Jesus is fighting off the demons, beating them back, casting them out of people. And it's true with the apostles as well. Paul, Peter, John, all the other apostles write about the devil in their letters to the churches. The sermons and writings of the church fathers, the sermons and writings of Luther, and all of the Lutheran fathers are full of talk about the devil, about his works, about his ways, about his kingdom, about his strategies, and most especially about his defeat. But it's a rare thing to hear a sermon about the devil today. He, sh- he hardly ever shows up. And I think this is because, at least one reason, is that our world thinks in materialistic terms. That is to say, uh, that everything that is and is true can be measured. Our world generally rejects spiritual uh, things, a spiritual reality. Now, this is especially true... Uh, in the thinking of the schools and universities, in those places where the thinking is supposed to be respectable. Uh, in, in fact, I don't think that most people ignore uh, the spiritual reality, which is why most people, even if they don't come to church, watch TV shows about ghosts and stuff like this, you know. So most people will, will say that there's a spiritual reality, but most of the people that are trying to govern how we are thinking about the world today talk and think in materialistic terms. And the idea that there is a devil, a a powerful uh, spiritual being who leads an army of fallen angels can hardly be conceived by modern man. And this kind of materialism, this thinking that the only thing that there is are the things that we can see and touch and measure and so forth, this kind of materialistic thinking creeps also into our own minds. And we forget that the old evil foe now means deadly woe. We forget about the devil. Now, this doesn't mean that we we stop believing that there is a devil. In fact, I imagine that if I were to ask each one of you, do you believe that there is a devil who aims to destroy you, your life, and your faith? You would all say, yeah, I, I believe that there is a devil, and that's good. But the problem is, for me too, that we forget in our daily life 
that there is an unceasing fight against the world and against our flesh and against the devil. Every prayer that we pray is not only a prayer to God, but it is also a prayer against the devil. Let the old evil foe have no power over me. Remember? Luther reminds us that when we pray the Lord's Prayer, that every petition is directed against the devil. Thy kingdom come, not the devil's kingdom. Thy will be done, not the will of the world, the flesh, and the devil. Deliver us from the evil one, and so forth. And not only our prayers, but every good work that we do in service to God and to the neighbor, the Lord uses to put the devil under our feet. Every sermon that you hear is a beating back of the devil's kingdom. In fact, the church is here so that the Lord's kingdom would advance against the kingdom of the devil, so that the devil's lies would be overcome by the Lord's truth, so that the devil's violence would be overcome by the Lord's kindness and gifts, that the kingdom of darkness, which belongs to the devil, would give way to the Lord's kingdom of light and hope. So we listen to know that the devil is talked about, that the devil is not as acknowledged, that the devil is understood to be our enemy. And there's a danger that we never think about him, that we forget about the devil. But there is also a danger on the other hand, on the other side, that we think about the devil too much, or even that we think too much of the devil. That we start to fear the devil and the demons instead of fearing God. Remember how Jesus says it? Do not fear the one who can destroy your body. That would be the devil or anybody with a rock, (laughs) I suppose. He says, fear the one who can destroy both your body and your soul in hell. That is only God the Father. So, so the devil, if, if the devil, if we're going to talk about the devil, then the devil would like to, to push his place into our mind to the extreme. That we somehow exalt him in our imagination. That we think of the devil as God's equal. Like God is the light and the devil is the darkness, or, 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 or God is the good and the devil is the evil, like these two great equal forces that are locked forever in battle. This is false. The devil is, as Luther loved to call him, the devil is God's devil. The devil is created. The devil is finite. And God be praised, the devil is both defeated and being defeated. Now, that's what Jesus wants to teach us with this little two-verse parable in the middle of the text, and it is simply wonderful. It's one of my absolute favorites. Jesus says this, When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. But when a stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away the armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Now, notice first how Jesus calls the devil a strong man. He does not call the devil a weakling, a wimp, a nobody. The devil is, in fact, a strong man. He has a kingdom. The Bible often refers to the devil as the prince or the prince of this world. And the devil has a treasure. When we consider the parables of the Scripture, the first question we ask when we look at a parable is, where is Jesus here in this parable? But the second question we want to ask is, where are we in the parable? What's our part? And in this parable, dear saints, we are the devil's treasure. We are his goods. We are locked in the devil's cellar, and he is guarding us. That's the picture. 
When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own palace, his goods are safe. They're safe with the devil standing with his foot on our throats. They're safe because there is nothing that we can do to fight the devil or overcome him. There's no way that we can escape. There's no way that we can save ourselves. This is one of the things that's important to realize, that when we talk about the impossibility of our own good works and our salvation, when we say, Pastor Flammy and I stand here week after week and say, you cannot save yourself, your good works cannot contribute to your salvation, there's nothing you can do, no merit, no effort, no work that can earn God's good favor, this is an important part of it, that we do not have the strength to overcome the devil. Because of our sin, we are locked in his dominion. There are a lot of hymns in the church that uh, talk about how our life as a Christian is the life of a soldier and how we're marching out to war and so forth. But we very rarely sing those hymns here because I think there's a danger in those hymns that we forget that it is not us who are on the front lines fighting against the devil. We are the prisoners of war locked in prison. We are the ones who need to be rescued. It is Jesus who fights for us. It's Jesus who holds the field. It's Jesus who goes forth, marching off to war, to fight the devil and to beat him back and to rescue us. We're locked up. It's Jesus who breaks in and who grabs the strong man and binds him. Do you see that Jesus is the strong man? But look at how it is in the text. Jesus, The devil is the strong man, sorry, but Jesus is the stronger one. The stronger man. You are not the stronger one, but you have a friend who is. You have a Savior who is. It's Jesus. And he has you. He breaks into the devil's kingdom. He binds the strong man, and he rescues you. God be praised. Like this, Jesus says it. When the stronger than he attacks him and overcomes him, he takes away his armor in which he trusted and divides his spoil. Do you see how it is that the thief is the hero? Because that thief is Jesus. And you are the plunder. Here's how the apostles preached this fantastic good news. A couple of wonderful verses. 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. For this reason, the Son of God appeared in order to destroy the works of the devil. Or this, Hebrews chapter 2. Since the children share in flesh and blood, that means you and I have a body, he, Jesus himself, likewise partook of the same thing, that through death he, Jesus, might destroy the one who had power, the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Do you hear it? Now this is wonderful. Jesus has broken into the prison, and he has brought you out. Now, there is one more thing for us to think about in this whole thing. Because the text tells us that Jesus is the stronger one. But look at how he uses his strength. Look at how he overcomes and defeats the devil. He dies. Jesus does not come down to earth and grab a hold of the devil and tie him to a pole and whip him and tear out his beard and spit in his face. Jesus does not take the devil and strip him and, 
and, and press a crown of thorns onto his head and nail him to a cross to bleed. That's not how Jesus does it. Jesus does not overcome the devil by crucifying him, but by being crucified. Jesus does not overcome the devil by killing the devil, but by being killed. Jesus does not overthrow this strong man by causing him to suffer, but rather Jesus overcomes him in his suffering and in his death, in his sacrifice, in his cross. And this is because Jesus knows that the strength of the devil's claim on you is your sin. The strength of the rope that binds you, that the devil uses to bind you, is your sin. And and the And Jesus breaks that strength in his death. He destroys the strength of the devil's claim in his blood. Jesus rescues you when your sin is forgiven. You see, it is true that the devil is a strong man, and he comes after us. He comes after you every day. But there is nothing to be afraid of. We don't need to be stronger than the devil. We don't need some sort of extra great spiritual strength to fight him off. Jesus has done it. The devil is not overcome with might. He is overcome with the blood of Jesus and the word of the gospel. The devil is overthrown in baptism. He's beaten back in the preaching of the word. He's dethroned in the speaking of the absolution. He's cast out when we take the Lord's Supper. The devil is routed. By the word of the death of Jesus, all for you. So we trust this word of God. We believe this promise of the gospel, that our sins, that dear saints, your sins are forgiven. And this one little word fells the devil, now and forever. God be praised. Amen. And the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope. We hope your time with us was one of joy and peace in hearing the Lord's Word and kindness. If you have questions about anything you heard on today's broadcast, please don't hesitate to contact us at office at hope-aurora.org or call the office at 303-364-7416. For more information about our congregation, for locations, service time, and schedule, please visit our website at www.hope-aurora.org. Thank you for listening to the Word of Hope.